Hello and welcome to the Nutch Talk podcast, an accessible platform providing evidence-based, simple health and nutrition advice and discussion. My name is Abigail Attenborough, a registered associate nutritionist and certified personal trainer. I'll be sharing not just my own knowledge, but tapping into the advice of other health professionals. These conversational sit-downs aim to be a resource to thrive and a tool to educate. I'm very grateful to my cousin, Ollie Dixon, for the beautiful soundtrack to this podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Nooch Talk podcast. Today I'm joined by Colette Pina, a health and fitness entrepreneur, founder of Pure Form Fitness, a coaching and consulting company. She specializes in body transformations, health and wellness, and is a seasoned fitness professional who lives and breathes what she teaches every day. Reps has featured her ultimate body formula program. She was featured on Celebrity Big Brother and has competed and placed in various bodybuilding competitions across the UK where she went on to win her pro card through the FMC, placing second in her category. Colette has helped women find their fitness, health and confidence and has invested heavily in self-development over the last five years, something she is committed to. She has created the Goddess Academy, something that we discussed today that really resonates with us both is the shift in one's mindset from punishment to pleasure and accepting that that may be a challenge and many of us are mistakenly programmed to believe that for something to work it has to feel like punishment. We know that's not really the case and there is way more to life than feeling deprived and that there is a way to enjoy every bite and achieve the health and wellness you deserve. How are you at the moment? How are you today? Today is a good day because I have kind of drawn a line under the lockdown blues and I've launched a seven day challenge for people in my circle, which is called the Love Your Body Seven Day Challenge. And that started yesterday. And what it is, is it's a commitment to self-love. And that doesn't mean that we end up stroking our faces or, you know, it's, it's about actually eating properly, getting enough rest, doing the exercise and not compromising on those things, scheduling in the time and not canceling. And some of the tasks and, and the idea is that I've given everybody a, a little kind of a little perfect plan to follow for each day, which involves getting up early, having a big shower on the inside, which is water, you know, grabbing a coffee if that's what they want, journaling for a few minutes or doing some meditation just to set themselves up, you know, get, get their intention right for the day and then to exercise and then to have some breakfast, have a shower and get on with your day. And it's about planning your time so that you've you've got enough time on either end of the day to do something nice for yourself and also to get up and really set your intention and you end up finishing your day with gratitude so having a look at what you've achieved that day and rather than ending your day thinking oh damn I should have done that and I didn't do that and why didn't you do that you're so slow you're so disorganized is to cut off that that negative chatter and to actually say do you know what I'm brilliant this is what I've done today look at what I've done you know I've achieved this I've done that I've done that I'm really proud of myself for doing this and then you go to sleep with a big smile on your face, looking at the ceiling like a stupid oaf, and you end up having a really, really good night's rest. And that's what I mean by a commitment to self-love. It's about it's about being taking choosing to take the positive side of life and and just kind of embracing it. So one of the tasks I gave everybody to do was to actually get dressed, to get up in the morning, 
put a face on, put some nice clothes on, do your hair, make yourself look presentable and get out of your slobby clothing that, that you know, we all live in. And to actually present yourself to, even if it's just to your four walls, just be happy and positive and, and bring that energy. So this morning I got up and I did my hair and I did my makeup and I put on a nice new top and I've got my, my sexy jeans on and I just feel fantastic. Well, you beam so, positivity. You oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> I like so. the idea of you um, wiping away those lockdown blues. I feel like oh. I um, I need a bit of that. <laughs> Come and join us. It's not too late. <laughs> oh, it sounds great. So what has last year been like for you, 2020 as a whole? Was it one that you wanted to just sweep under the carpet or did you, you know, really make most of what you could and, and your community? Yeah. It was a difficult year for everybody. Uh, it was a year of having to adapt and having to pivot our businesses. And I, I had to, I, I just took the choice. I just decided that, you know, you, you could, I could either wait <laughs> for everything to return back to normal, or I could take, take the opportunity and just pivot my business. I've been moving more and more online anyway, you know, with, with coaching programs and that kind of mm. stuff. And 220 just gave me a perfect opportunity to be able to step into that online business because people were getting more accustomed to communicating online and exercising online and doing all the things that we'd really been struggling as the fitness industry to to bring into practice. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're a class goer, you, you want to go and be amongst people. You want to be sweating with people next to you. You want to be working out in the flesh. And what COVID did for us, or what lockdown has done for us, is put us into our living rooms and enabled us to to do all of that with people around us, but you know, remotely. And I think that it's it's really really catapulted so many different businesses, and certainly allowed me to pivot and to become something a little bit a little bit different. But to really go all out to go online, and as a consequence of that, I've I've started to build a really good network of women around me, and and also just enabled them to to help and support each other. You know, because it is about the community. It's you know that's where the value is. It's in building that tribe. I think yeah. it's that community right now that people are missing. Absolutely. Like like you said, working out together. Like yeah. actually, for me, it might not be a case of, or for a lot of people, it they might be getting their workouts in, but they just mm. might not get the same euphoric endorphins from it because they haven't got that sense of community, that camaraderie Absolutely. that you get with working out together. Absolutely. And the sense of, of, you know, a lot of people will say to me, I can't compete with anybody. It's just me. I want to yeah. compete with the person next to me, you know? So there's that less motivation for those competitive people. Absolutely. So yeah, you know, it has been an adjustment, I think, for everybody, hasn't it? Yeah. I wanted to ask, you call yourself the Ambitious High Achievers Transformation Coach. Yeah. Why is that? The Ambitious Women, the High Achievers because I love working with women who are motivated, women who are committed to doing what is necessary to actually move the needle on their fitness. You know, so many people will say, oh, I just want to tone up. And then they won't commit themselves to an eating plan, they'll commit themselves to an exercise schedule. And as a result of that, they won't get the results that they're after. And as a result of that, they just think, oh, your program doesn't work. Well, I don't want to work with people like that. I want to work with people who know what they want. And if they don't know what they want when we start working together, before we start working together, we set some objectives so that we can measure everything. Because yeah. it's about measuring things. You know, I if, if you don't measure stuff, it doesn't get done. I think that's so important, smart goals. So finding your why, if you're not sure. Absolutely. If, it, if it's not so important. there, it, you just have to maybe write it down for yeah. 
it to or someone else to guide you and to realize it's there yeah. you just need to find what it is and then making right. it measurable so that yeah. there is that end goal and and the little steps the process goals in between absolutely because again if you're setting yourself something that's way too far in the distance that's maybe where you start to go or you could easily go off track yeah um, yeah absolutely so it is, it's really good. And, and what it does is it enables you to come back to come back on track and come back on track. So that's that it's 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 got to do with somebody's mindset, somebody's commitment, mm-hmm. somebody's willingness to learn and to try things. And I, I look for inquisitiveness in people. So, you know, I don't just work with everybody because I'm also not everybody's cup of tea, you know, but I'd rather be somebody's shot of whiskey than everybody's cup of tea, right? Oh, I love that. <laughs> You should put that as your your slogan. <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> I think I always use, I feel like I'm quite curious and I, yeah. I try and use it as a positive personality trait. I feel yes. like curious people, you know, they keep the world going around. They're Absolutely. the ones that prod and poke and um, yeah. ask and why. Discover. Exactly. And aren't, and aren't nervous to try and fail. Yeah, definitely. You know, we learn lessons along the way. So, yeah. There you go. Oh, that sounds amazing. So I do want to touch upon your bodybuilding days because that really okay. intrigues me. I know that you competed and placed in various bodybuilding competitions mm. across the UK. And and then you went on to win your pro card through I the did, MSC. The MSC yeah. yeah. And you placed second in your category? Yeah, I did. So tell me a little bit about when was that and how you got into that? So about six years ago now, I had one of those, I was in my early 40s and I had a a, a moment of, oh my God, is that what you look like? And I realized that, and I was teaching loads of classes, I was putting in all the hours into my business. It's, It's the whole, it's the whole full circle of not looking after me, right? Because I was chucking everything into my business. And what happened was I went on holiday. We had this amazing um, holiday in Antigua. And I can remember seeing the photographs of that holiday when we were sitting on the, on the boat and we were swimming in the water. And I had that moment where I was like, holy shit, is that what you look like? You know, you are older than you are. You look frumpy, you look middle-aged, you look like you don't give a, give a crap about yourself. And you are a fitness instructor you are a, a personal trainer, you are a fit pro, you should know what you're doing. Why don't you look like you teach? And I had that moment where I just thought, do you know what I actually have to? I actually have to just pick up my socks. And at the same time, I'd spoken to my friend who we'd gone sailing with, he was a film producer. And I said to him, I want to pull together this DVD. It was when it was when Insanity was going mad, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and Sean T was out there doing his thing. And I just thought, I, I want to do that because I can help so many people. So I, I said to him, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to pull together a, you know, a, a fitness video DVD set. I want to be able to market that and on Amazon. I want to at least look like this and feel like this and blah, blah, And he said to me, that's great, Kelly. All those ideas are amazing. But you know what? We just, we've got to find somebody front to front it for you. Just we've got to find the blonde, big boobed girl who's got a gorgeous figure. Somebody who's really going to be motivating people to, to take on and do your program. And I thought to myself, I'm that girl. Yeah. And then I saw the photos. And I realized I wasn't that girl. You could be that girl though. But I am now. <laughs> so it was one of those aha moments that just, it, it just stopped me in my tracks. Anyway, so I decided that, that, that after having that conversation, it was a real knock on the chin. And I thought, well, I've actually just got to pick up my socks and do something about this now. So I searched high and low for something that would work. I tried Atkins. I tried 
low carb. I tried, I'm starving myself. I tried eating loads. I tried, you know, I just tried every single kind of, you know, mode of eating that you could possibly imagine. All the all the commercial fads that were available. The I tried apart diets. from milkshakes. I didn't do milkshakes. <laughs> I've never been a never been one to try milkshakes. Juice juice detoxes. Juice detoxes, the whole thing. I've tried them all, right? Uh, there was there was even something else that was going out at the time. I can't even remember what it was called, but it was a detox that you took and it just got rid of all this so called plaque in your bowel. And it was the most horrific thing. It was just disgusting. And I, I tried it thinking that this would help me lose weight. This would help me get on track. This would help me look amazing. And I realized that starving myself was making me unhappy. It was making me sick. I couldn't do these things because I was having to step up and actually exercise. I just had to eat properly. I had to stop dieting and eat properly and actually nourish and feed my body. And in doing that, I figured out what works for me and I lost two and a half stone and I suddenly thought whoa this is incredible if I can do this in my 40s everybody can do this you know it doesn't matter where you are in your journey you can do this if you want to do this you can get your body on track you can figure out what works for you and um, you can exercise and eat to support those goals so I then thought well okay well maybe I should take this to another level because I'd lost all the weight and I thought well you know, I've lost it. I look, I look great, but I'm not quite where I want to be. I want to be that girl that can, you know, sell a DVD. So I thought, well, okay, maybe I can compete. Now I'm a, I'm a plant-based eater, mostly, ve mostly vegetarian. Well, mostly I kind of eat, I try not to label myself because I still eat a bit of dairy and I eat eggs, but I'm mostly vegan apart from those two things. And I, I just had to learn how to deal with inflammation in my body. And I had to just get myself on track so that I could build some muscle. And I thought, well, how am I gonna do this if I don't have a coach? So I started investing in myself and I found a girl who'd done, she was in one of my local gyms and she'd competed and she'd won her class. And I thought, hmm, if anybody can help me, it would be her. Well, I'm in my forties and I'm a vegetarian and you know, can I do this? And she said, hell yeah, you can do this. Let's work together. And I was really excited. So I started working with her. That was in February of the year I competed in my first competition in June, end of June. And I placed in that competition. Um, that was my very first comp and I just had so much fun. I had no idea what I was doing. I put that little bikini on, I'd stripped down all my body fat. I was looking great. I was smaller than I'd ever been before, but I've looked and I, I just felt incredible. I'd done it on a vegan diet and I had been training hard and, and all of that stuff. It just, it just came so easily to me, that next level. And I then got bitten by the bug and I got bitten by the process of eating, feeding yourself, building your muscle, looking after yourself, getting enough rest, taking care of all the basic things, and then dieting down for a show. So it, it wasn't a, con a constant diet, it was a feed and then a shred, and a feed and a shred. So I loved that process, and I still love that process. I was planning to get on stage last year, but of course the competitions were cancelled. And um, I could have done a November show, but I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to take the risk of firstly not being in best shape that I can possibly be and having not been in a gym and working, lifting heavy enough, firstly. Secondly, I didn't want it to be cancelled and having put myself through all that prep. So I just canned it. <laughs> but I'll hopefully be on stage this year. Let's see how we go. <laughs> wow. I think that's amazing that you are able to do that. And like you said, in your 40s, and I think... It's just a testament to your commitment and your perseverance and your motivation and your no. drive. Um, understanding my why, that's the thing. 
you appear to have approached it and have experienced it in a in a healthy way obviously mm. being in the fitness industry myself and you both know that there's been lots of negative body comp stories Absolutely. the percentage of those body comp people ha- having eating disorders is is more so Huge. than not yeah. did you ever borderline on the sort of triggering territory there or I think I think if you are there's there's a principle called reverse dieting which is what yeah. you do once you've come out of your your competition and the idea is that you slowly increase your calories because you've you've started high you've reduced them down and you then slowly increase them and um, you get back to the same level where you're feeding your body and you then go into what's called a bulk which gives you a bit more flex it's like flexible dieting it'll give you a bit more flexibility now the 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 category that I compete in is fitness model category. So the look is a little bit softer. I'm, I'm not a, I don't look like the big bodybuilder girls who've got these massive biceps and completely shredded six packs. I'm more curvaceous. I'm the girl that will be able to sell a protein shake. I'm not the girl that's gonna make people think, is that a woman or a man? So more real difference. and slightly yeah. more sustainable. Okay. Correct, yeah. So if you think J-Lo, Al McPherson, you know, any healthy healthy physique is is, is kind of where, where I go. In fact, they've, they've got a, a new category now called, it's like a fitness category, but it, it borders on health. It's called wellness. So that's the category that I compete in. If I was competing in the proper bodybuilders categories, which is called physique, competition level then I would be severely dieting myself down I would probably be having to take steroids I would probably be having to take lots and lots of really really off off the shelf fat burners and you know when you get into the into competing at that level it does become more addictive and you you know my my coach at the time said to me Colette you are going to feel the healthiest and the most ripped and the most incredibly shaped on stage that day and that feeling will probably last for a couple of weeks and then you're going to have a shift in your brain which is going to make you feel fat because your carbs are going to lay down you're going to put a little bit of body fat Um, and he just said to me do you know what you can't you can't you can't compare what happens on competition day versus real life you prepare yourself for that comp you compete and you get back to your real life and it's about having a realistic view of what it is that's going to and it's going to keep you happy and what that happy medium is. So the fact that you would like to keep doing it and everything, is that yeah. not the, is that not then you always wanting to be something that's then the comp stage of your body and not the real stage of your body then? I think I love the process. Yeah, you, you did say that. I love the getting really, really, just being very specific. It's only for a short period of time. So, you know, for me, a, a good comp, a, a time to prep is, is somewhere between 12 and 20 weeks. Hmm. So, you know, that's a fairly long chunk of your year, but I just love the process. I love getting into the gym and being really focused. I love seeing the, the changes in my physique as I start to diet down and, and as I start to to build elements of my body. You know, you you are, I suppose a lot of people will say, oh, it's about vanity or it's about comparison all the time or thinking that you're not quite that ideal figure. But that ideal figure makes me feel like I know what I'm talking about and I'm actually walking the walk because I can't expect people to eat clean, exercise hard, look after themselves if I'm not doing it. It means taking it to that level. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, I'm boots and all, I'm nothing. That's, I'm that kind of girl, I've got to be there. <laughs> yes, you're a high achiever. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, it's just so interesting. I, I, it's always something I've thought about. Go, why not? 
And I think it's it's really clear that you know how important mindset is with this and, and nourishing yourself and fueling yourself for success yeah. properly. And yeah. why is that shift in mindsets from punishment to pleasure so crucial? I think we grow up and this this is probably probably more more relevant to to girls because mm-hmm. we we grow up wanting to look a particular way and you know there's so much pressure on young girls coming into the world now with all the all social media avail- available and all these perfect bodies that are on Instagram and on on Facebook and you know on TikTok and 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 you know I think societal norm mm. is you've got to look in a look a particular way to be successful or you've got to behave in a particular way to have a boyfriend or you've got to you know look like this or or, or be this size to be able to be popular and loved mm. and i think along with that comes a huge amount of pressure because it takes a lot of a lot of work to get to the point where you've got a physique like that and my mission is to get women stepping away from diets it's not about dieting it's about nourishment it's interesting that you say that that it it takes you know it takes effort and it's a long time those pictures you see online and on instagram that's the final shoot you know the front the the women and men actually on the front cover of women's health that is that's that's the final product of them having been on a diet for the shoot that's not their that's not their normal ripped body and i think people forget that and you know even when i was younger it was there was facebook but instagram had just started so you weren't comparing yourself all the time. Now it's every day girls as young as 10 are comparing themselves. Whereas 10, I didn't have a care in the world, I guess. But now it's really young girls that are comparing and Mm. and that's the danger, I think. Absolutely. So yeah, so that mind shift is, is about not feeling like you have to punish yourself to achieve that objective. It's about making that switch in your mind that says actually I train and I nourish my body. I don't train, i.e. diet and exercise. I train and I nourish. So it's, you know, it's about understanding. I suppose once you've you know, a lot of women will say to me, Colette, I've got to, I, it doesn't mean I've got to do like hours and hours and hours of cardio and do I have to just live on lettuce or chicken or whatever? And that to me is punishment. That to me mm. is, you know, doing away with all the fun food. That's, that's not living. And that is not what, you know, what, 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 what getting into the best shape of your life is about. That's not what embracing your health is about. Mm. So that's the major shift. It's that you do not have to live on lettuce and do hours and hours of cardio. You can actually eat beautiful, amazing, healthy food, look and feel incredible and still be in shape. Definitely. So, you know, you don't have to compromise on everything. <laughs> Eating the bar of chocolate every day, you might have to think about, but you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the wine every night as well. And the wine every night is also probably not very good. <laughs> oh. um, did you feature on Celebrity Big Brother as a trainer? I did. <laughs> How did that come about? That was quite fun. I, I had the director of the show in m- one of my spin classes and she was one of my regular members. It's all about who you know. No. It's funny, isn't it? And one year I pulled out some disco lights. It was it was Christmas time, I think. I pulled out disco lights and gave everybody little glow bands and, and, and just made the whole environment so festive. 
And of course, it was a very boring old studio that just came to life because everybody had something special to think about and, and the lights were on and the music was on and we were just having a blast. Anyway, she came to me afterwards and she said, Colette, I've got a project that I think you might be right, might be perfect for. And I said, well, what is it? And she got her, her assistant to, to contact me and they asked me if I would be the trainer that woke up the household that year with a mad spin class. And I said, okay. So yeah, it was my, my, my like 15 seconds of fame. <laughs> I would have loved that. It was so much fun. <laughs> You've got the disco lights downstairs in the kitchen going. I'm not sure the, the new kitten is, is much of a fan though. <laughs> well, at least, at least you haven't got, no, well, hopefully you haven't got neighbours close by. I keep thinking about my poor neighbours. Well, we do, they but they the all have, they all have their own spin bikes really. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, you could just see people in the window across the, across the houses and I'm like, kiwi. Hello. <laughs> Joint spin class, you just need a big mic. Just a big microphone and a huge speaker. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Awesome. So at the, at the beginning, you were touching on how the past year, 2020, you've really put time and invested in your self-development. So mm. could you tell us a little bit about the Goddess Academy? Oh, so excited about this. I spent far too much money. Well, in fact, it's never, it's never too much money investing in, in coaching and in yourself. But over the last three years, I've, I've really invested in, in developing my own mindset and in business coaching to help me elevate my business to the, take my business to the next level. And I, I'd struggled, you know, it took me two years to get to the point that I was pre-lockdown. And in the last year, I think everything has just kind of, it's just gone, ah, oh, that's what I need to do. So I had this, you know, I've always believed that as women, we have a right to be here. We have, and this might be a generational thing, you know, I've, my, my parents, you know, my mum was part of a generation of, of women who were allowed to vote for the first time. So I'm only one generation removed from that. And, you know, along with that comes all the, I need to ask for permission. And, you know, a lot of women will live underneath their husband's sh or behind their husband's shadows. A lot of women don't go out and find their own jobs, you know, or, or, or run, run after their own careers. So a lot of what my mom did, well, a lot of what my granny did facilitated the changes my mom made. A lot of what my mom did is facilitated me getting out there and running my own business and being a strong woman. And to me, a strong woman looks like a goddess. And there's one, there's a photograph I, I took, I, I had taken of, of me in the woods with one of the photographers that I work with. And at that stage, I was just, I was thinking about how to get that message across. And I just thought, you know what, and I was using it in my marketing pattern. I was using the words goddess and be a goddess. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to create the Goddess Academy because that's who we are. You know, and being a goddess isn't about being anything other than your best self so you know it's not about looking a particular way or behaving a particular way it's it's you know i've come up with a, a manifesto of 10 or 15 i can't remember now statements of this is what it means to be a goddess and they're things like we support each other we are happy with our stage in life and we embrace it we are inquisitive about life and, and you know and we get out there and we find things that that excite us and motivate us and we sort live of for like today. affirmations lots of affirmations yeah Ooh, i might have to link them in the show notes oh bless you i'll show you <laughs> yes yeah i'd love them you need to sort of put them on your wall I know, I know. I've, I've got a manifesto. I, should, I need to get it printed and, and, and pop it on my wall. You're quite right. 
But, you know, with that came the strapline of living beyond the ordinary. So, you know, it is about stepping into the shoes of the goddess, knowing that you have a right to be here, you have a right to be heard, and embracing and doing everything that you can to live a life beyond the O, beyond the ordinary. So wow. there you go. That. Yeah, so, so I, I suppose, you know, the, the, the years of evolution have taken me to the point, mm. all, that self, all that investment and all that self-development work have got me to the point where I can actually say that out loud and say that with confidence and, uh, you know, hope to inspire those ladies around me that are feeling like they need a boost or like they are ready to take on, you know, take the ball by the horns and just go with life, you know, yeah. make the most of it. It's it's interesting what you're saying about the generational change because in some areas that can happen really fast, like with yeah. technology, which yeah. we were talking about earlier, but in other aspects, i.e. women's rights and, and how they take that upon themselves in their walk of life yeah. can be a little bit slower and also mm -hmm. the influence of our parents and how they feel about it. And I'm extremely lucky to have a mum that also is as ambitious as I am. And I think I get my ambition from her and that drive. Mm. My parents will encourage me and my brother to go out into the world. But sometimes you can be in a bit more of a closed environment with a little less push to go out and explore mm. and be curious. And yeah. I think it's just appreciating that we've all come from different parenting backgrounds. and Absolutely, different opportunities. But it's inspiring the woman power you bestow upon everybody <laughs> so you know as well as I do that fitness and nutrition go hand in hand and you've got some deliciously gorgeous recipes on your website we can not discuss nutrition here on the Nutri Talk podcast I wanted to ask what would be your ultimate last supper you have to give a starter a main course and a dessert oh my goodness me mm, my ultimate Okay, whenever Rod and I go snowboarding, we go to a little Chinese restaurant in Whistler. Ooh. And they do, oh my goodness, they... they <laughs> salivating. <laughs> and I think the reason why I've, I've gone straight to that place is because we should be there at this time of the year. And, oh. and of course, with lockdown, we have, we've had to cancel our holiday. But they do, as a starter, they do Brussels sprouts Ooh, I that do have been cooked Brussels. in a tamari sauce and deep fried in, in whatever oil they would use. I, I don't know, I just kind of go la la la. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they are, and they give you a little plate of, you might, I don't know, probably about six or eight Brussels sprouts that have been chopped in half and fried. And they are just beautiful. It's like sweet and sour with a bit of cabbage. They're really yummy. Mm. So that would be my starter. For my main, I would have to go with some kind of Mmm, like a teriyaki tofu with rice. I'm a plant-based eater. So for me, I, I suppose some people would go, I want steak and chip, you know. I would have a nice glass of red wine, probably a Amarone Ooh. in my hand. And then for a dessert, I would have to go for some kind of chocolate mousse. So you're a chocolate, chocolate I am. Ooh. I am. Oh, I like the idea of those Brussels sprout starters because a lot of people just associate the Brussels and parsnips with Christmas, but we had them in well into the lead up and, and after Christmas. Oh, fab. Do you ever have Brussels tops? 
the top of the Brussels sprout. It's fabulous. Yeah. So, so the, the Brussels, there's, so the tops come out like leaves, so they, they look like spinach Oh, leaves. when you buy them, yes, yes, we did discover them this year as and well. And they're like little, they're like little flowers, the little, little Brussels sprouts in them. They're fabulous. I've got a Brussels sprout recipe on my on my Instagram, and it is honestly, <gasps> it's with chestnuts oh, and lovely. toasted hazelnuts. Mm. Sounds lovely. So good, so good. That, now, that is a lovely, lovely last supper. Thanks. Anyway, uh, before I start salivating too yeah. much, um, <laughs> what's your diet like at the moment? What's your kind of approach to your sort of easy, sustainable nutrition, breakfast to, to dinner kind of on a weekly basis? What I try and do is feed my training. So my whole attitude to my diet and to food is to make sure that I'm supporting the level of activity that I do so that I'm nourishing my body. You know, lockdown, I was saying to the girls that in the last, probably the last year, I've had more wine to drink in the last year than I have in the last three. I just do not, I, I just, you know, I've, so anyway, I've cut that on, I've knocked that on the head now. This whole week of being kind to myself and looking after myself has meant no wine, yay. Yeah, no one so, till Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see. But it, it, it's largely driven by whether I'm competing or not. So if I am going to be competing, and I'm planning to do that this year, my whole attitude to eating is to feed my workout. And I'll tend to sandwich my workout with a pre and a post workout meal and they're just little meals so I get up in the morning and I have a, a huge glass of water I've got a, a big two litre thing that I, I down as much as I possibly can I kind of take 10 big sips and then I take 10 big sips again and then I get some supplementation in and then I'll have a cup of Do you coffee. down two litres all in one go oh no 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 I try and, and have one glass of water hydrate before you caffeinate correct always because of course we're, we're the most dehydrated in the mornings right especially Isn't... if you sleep with your mouth open as well yeah, well, that would make sense. I suppose most of us do, unless you're worried about spiders. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You just mm. put that idea in my head. Sorry. I I've just got... thought having been in Australia for so long, you would have been going, oh, God, I can't open my mouth. <laughs> I actually only came across one spider. Oh, one. Wow. I think that's because I was in cities. I don't know. Maybe. But, yeah. Ooh. Anyway, so I hydrate. Shower on the inside. And then I will have a coffee, and this is a, a shot of coffee with a scoop of protein powder and water, and I, in fact, I put ice in it. Give that a good shake. And I try and have 30 grams of protein before, within like half an hour, 45 minutes of waking up. Kicks you into gear. And then I will go and have my workout, I'll do some cardio, and then I'll have some breakfast. And it largely depends on how my day looks. So sometimes I'll do cardio, finish off my shake, do my weight training. And then I'll have breakfast afterwards to feed my muscles. If I've got time, I'll feed before and feed after. And it'll be um, like this morning, I had a couple of eggs with two scoops of protein powder, a little half a teaspoon of bicarb, some vanilla essence, all mushed up into pancakes. I had that with some blueberries. So I'll always have you know something after my workout, which is gonna nourish me. It's a high protein meal. And then for lunch at the moment, I'm having a soup with some tofu that I've, I've crisped up on top. You can have sausage if you want sausage. So it's, it's a good source of and cooked vegetables, especially carrots are really good for your gut. And then at night, I'll tend to have cooked vegetables again with a protein and it's usually going to be a tofu or a tempeh or something along those lines. I do, I do go for, I, my husband is also um, a vegetarian and he, he, he likes to have some of the meat substitutes in. So we'll go for like a corn or a, um, 
soy-based protein sometimes. It just depends on what's available. So I'm quite um, kind of hot on, you know, what we're putting in and how much of it. I'm mm. um, being plant-based eaters. But yeah, so that, that's kind of what, so I, I definitely have three meals a day and then I'll, I'll have something either side of my workout if I can or just on, on the end if I've, if I've done it. So is this when you're competing? That's just a day-to-day thing. That's just what I do every day. So are you eating no carbohydrates? Well, I get lots of carbs in my, my veggies. So, you know, my, my soups and, you know, even, even the, the, the tofu that I eat has got carbohydrate in it. Because um, you're, if you're looking for your gut health, the gut loves those fibrous carbohydrates. So those whole grains and things, that's what your gut is going to love. That's what's going to feed that microbiota. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree with your, your tofu on the soup. I couldn't have just plain soup. I'm just no, finding it too boring. boring. <laughs> yeah. A bit boring. And I have, I have eaten a fair amount of bread in the last, probably the last three or four months and you know more sourdough and that kind of stuff but it just doesn't it doesn't agree with me so mm. I just have to stay away from it it's just it's too glutinous for my body do you um, tend to eat more fats than does yeah, that more sick? fats and, and more I try and go for, for you know a good protein in, in each meal but you know you've kind of got you've got to vary it otherwise you, you just oh, end yeah. up with too much tofu or too much of, of one particular thing and definitely do you sort of vary that plant-based protein with legumes and pulses and... I try. I, I'm not very good with legumes. I mean, I eat peas. contain lots of protein in and I, I was, you know, changing up the proteins. Yeah, absolutely. No, well, I'll go for chickpeas. Chickpeas are, are, are a really good source of protein. But of course, you, mm. you know, you, because they're a seed, you've got to... Well, it's a legume that's... It hasn't sprouted. So what I like to do is I like to soak things so that they sprout because in that sprouting process, they release toxins... And of course, you don't want to be consuming those. So I try and soak things and wash it all off and down the drain before I use it. But I'll go for chickpeas we use. I use cannelloni beans. I use black beans. A variety of any beans is great. A variety of them. Peas. Try and make it like a chili with loads of beans in it. And then some some mince, corn mince or Mm. tofu mince. I mean, a um, soy mince, just depending on what's available. I've definitely got mum on the tofu bandwagon, but not dad. <laughs> he doesn't like the tech. He just, he's not a fan yet. I prefer the silken tofu less. It's a little bit more slimy. Yeah. But we, I do like the firmer tofu. The firm one. Yeah, but silken tofu is best used, in my opinion, for sauces and for Yes, puddings. I did discover this from a friend who blitzed out for a pasta sauce and I was like that's a genius why have I never thought of that because then you can make your vegan meals higher in their protein content and proteins but also you can add it to your soups and that kind of thing which is also good you boost boost your protein again yeah definitely it's interesting what you were saying about soy though because actually as you get older women especially you need soy can be really helpful for your hormone levels because they naturally fall when you're going through menopause and Mm. looking at the recent evidences no evidence to say that soy has any effect on your sort of those hormones where people thought oh I'll get boobs if I drink lots of soy the levels are nowhere near high enough to have any effect which is good because actually as women it's then you can add soy to your diet as you get older when those levels are dropping it it happens through menopause Um, it does although in my experience you've you've got to be quite um, selective about the soy products that you do eat and a lot of those studies were done on the Chinese diet 
which and a lot of a lot of those Asian diets are based on fermented soy. So things like tofu and tempeh are, are better choices than going for like a soy mince, for example. Mm-hmm. And ninety, I would say probably about ninety five percent. The latest re- research is saying ninety five percent of the soy products that come out of the, the the USA, and they are the biggest producer of soy products. So soy products are predominantly produced in China, America, Mexico, I think, and Argentina, I think, are the four biggest countries of soy production and mostly genetically modified. So about 95% of the products coming out of the, the States definitely is, is genetically modified. So yeah. it's got to be a bit selective about what you buy. Yeah. So this is more for UK residents as well. And if you're mm. not getting your products from the US, that when we're talking about US food manufacturing, we definitely have to look at the evidence of where that's coming from because it is mm-hmm. a whole different ball game with it a lot totally. of genetically modified products, not yeah. just soy actually, but soy. Yeah. And there was one other that was really, really genetically modified. I can't remember what it is now. It'll come to me. But we don't have the, those same issues in the UK. Um, no, not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always read the label. Always read the label. In fact, if you are reading a label for some food, you probably shouldn't be eating it. You just got to eat fresh, eat things without labels. <laughs> to finish, I'm just asking my guests, what has the most positive thing you'd learned in 2020? And any parting words of advice for our NutriTalk audience? Well, positive learning from 2020 is always, always put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Always look after yourself first, because if you're not looking after you, you can't look after those around you. And I can remember hearing that and just thinking at the time I was thinking, but I can do everything. I can look after myself and I can look after everybody even if I'm not looking after myself I can look after my husband my pets but actually you can't (laughs) not to the right level so that's that was my biggest learning is to actually really genuinely honestly commit yourself to self-love and to looking after yourself because without you firing on all your cylinders you can't actually look after others and I guess that's going to be my biggest learning and also my word of advice Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Colette. Please share this episode with your network. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review as it helps this podcast to get heard. Thank you so much.